0: This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kisisa. And in this week's Parsha, we're told of one of the most formidable events in our nation's history, the Ched HaEgel. Moshe is told to go up to our Sinai and be with Hashem for 40 days and 40 nights. And there is a miscalculation. Was the day that he went up day one or day zero? Now this seems simple and obvious, but it led to catastrophe. The people start counting from the day that he went up. And when they get to what they believe To be day 40, Moshe isn't back down yet, and they begin to panic. He's been up there for so long, no food, no water. Their minds immediately start playing out the worst case scenario, and they conclude that he must be dead. And instead of mourning their leader, or asking Aaron and the remaining leadership what they should do, they turn to their own spiritual needs, and they make a golden calf to worship. And sadly, we know how the story goes. Moshe comes back down the mountain, the following morning, he sees the people dancing around the golden calf, and he breaks the first set of luchos. And what follows is a whole bunch of damage control. Moshe first deals with the people who were involved in making the golden calf and misleading the rest of Am Yisrael. Then he has to deal with Aaron, who was technically in charge, and he seems to play a role in this whole debacle. And finally, he had to go back up to Harsinai, and he had to answer to Hashem for what the people had done and for breaking the first set of luchos that Hashem had written. And this interaction seems to get slightly heated, as Hashem very famously threatens to wipe out the entire nation and start over with Moshe, only for Moshe to powerfully answer back and say, if that's the, if that's the case, erase me from your book. Meaning, I want no part of that. And you're going to need to find somebody else to start over with, if that's what happens when your children fall short. It's such a powerful response from Moshe Rabbeinu that perfectly captures the power of rachamim, the power of mercy, and the power of tshuva, of second chances. And at this point, after having successfully advocated for the Jewish people and talked Hashem down from the ledge, so to say, the Torah tells us that Moshe goes out on a limb and he makes a request of a Baruch Through this interaction, Moshe had gained a new closeness with Hashem, a dveikus, and in trying to take advantage of this new standing with the Almighty, he asked what so many people have wondered for thousands of years. In Perak Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Yerchaz, Moshe asks Hakarish Baruchu, Please, Hashem, show me your Kavod, show me your glory. The Gemara in Brachos, on Zion and on Alef, understands this request as follows Bikesh, Moshe was asking, drachav to understand the ways of Hashem. Shenemar, Hodi'eni na es That earlier he had said, "Show me your ways." Amar lefana ribono shalolam mipnei sadik v'tovlo, sadik veralo, v'ish rasha v'tovlo, v'ish rasha viralo. Why is it that there are good people and good things are happening, and there are good people and bad things are happening, and then we have rishayim that good things are happening and rishayim that bad things are happening? Essentially, Moshe is asking the age-old question. Why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? To which Hashem replies, You can't see my face. You can't see it and live. You can't have this level of understanding and still be in the world. But Hashem says, But there is a place next to me. If you stand by this rock, my, my presence is going to pass in front of you when you are standing in that cleft in the rock. And you'll see my back. But you won't see my face. Hashem tells Moshe something fascinating. It's not possible to quote unquote see my face, to understand my ways on that level and still live. But you can see more of me than you ever have. Moshe is given the ability to see the back of Hashem. And the perek and conversation, they end there. And my smicha for Yeshiva University, President Richard Joel, who was the president of the university at the time, he addressed a full room of newly minted Rabbanim and all of our guests. And he brought up this interaction and this conversation between Moshe and Hashem. It's fascinating that this is the question that Moshe decides to ask Hashem in this intimate moment of closeness between the two. And it's even more fascinating, the response, or maybe even the lack of response, to this question from Hashem. Why couldn't Hashem answer him? Why isn't it possible to understand how the system works and live in the world? Moshe had unprecedented access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He had achieved a closeness that nobody else will ever experience. Why couldn't Hashem give him a better answer to his very fair question about tzchar Onish, about reward and punishment? President Joel explained that perhaps Hashem is giving the only possible answer to this question. There is no explanation. There is no answer to a question like this that would suffice. The question is too complex. Perhaps what Hashem is doing is even more profound and actually the closest thing to an answer we can get to such a powerful question. Hashem was telling Moshe that closeness to Hashem is not about, quote unquote, seeing my face, about trying to understand as much as we possibly can, about why certain things happen and why other things don't. Rather, closeness to Hashem is about standing next to Him and seeing what He sees. It is to see the world through that same perspective and lens that Hashem does. It's to emulate Him and represent His values into the world. This is what Hashem is answering Moshe. Hashem, kom Hashem says, there's a place next to me. Instead of trying to look at me, try standing next to me. Try seeing the world from my vantage point. In this newfound closeness with Hashem, it's not Hashem's face that Moshe sees, but rather his back. As if he's standing next to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or maybe even behind him and seeing what he sees, as opposed to standing opposite him. When we're so focused on ourselves and our own understanding, we miss the bigger picture. We fail to see things from Hashem's perspective, from the perspective of others. Too often, we're talking towards a problem or at somebody as opposed to standing next to or behind them to see things from their vantage point. Explained President Joel, perhaps this was the message Hashem was teaching Moshe at this time. A parak later, at the end of the parsha, the Torah tells us that after this interaction, between Moshe and Hashem, Moshe was never the same. That as a result of his newfound closeness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he actually had to wear a mask because his face was so radiant from experiencing the Shrina of Hashem. The Puzzle says, Israel as Moshe, that when Bnei Israel would see how radiant the skin of Moshe's face was, Moshe as Hamasa that Moshe had to wear a mask to cover his face. Until until he would go in and speak with Hashem. And the Gemarim Brachos, again on Zion and Amid Aleph, tells us that Moshe was Zochet to experience this Karan or this, this radiant glow because the first time Hashem appeared to him by the burning bush, Moshe actually turned away and he covered his face. Even though Hashem had prompted him to come closer, Moshe turned away. And therefore, because he looked away by the burning bush, now he would merit this newfound level of exposure to Hashem that would cause his face to glow. And the question is obvious. This all seems counterintuitive. If turning away from Hashem at the burning bush was the correct thing to do, then why would he now be rewarded with being able to look even closer at HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Why was Moshe rewarded for looking away from Hashem when it seems like that's all he's trying to do here? Perhaps we could suggest a similar answer. Moshe's original intent was to try to see God's face. But at the burning bush, even Moshe knew that that was not something he was ready for. So what does he do? He looks away. An act of great humility that the Gemara teaches would later come back to serve him as he would experience Hashem's presence in a deeper way than anyone else ever would. But he was still in that mindset of trying to understand Hashem as much as possible, of still trying to see Hashem's face. To the point where in our parsha, after overcoming tremendous difficulties in dealing with the people and coming out the other side closer than ever to Hashem, Moshe is still seeking to see Hashem's face. And this is where Hashem refocuses him. He repositions him. He tells him, you can't see my face per se, but you can stand behind me and you can see Am Yisrael. You can see the world from my vantage point. This is what will build your empathy. This is what will build your care, your understanding for what those around you need most, Moshe. Take the position of someone who gives to other people, someone who tries to impact those around him instead of trying to figure it all out on their own. And once Moshe is able to take this perspective, that's when his face begins to shine. And when he begins to experience a closeness to Hashem that he never dreamed was possible. Amir Tashem, may we all be Zoha, to emulate Moshe in this regard, to strive to gain a closeness to Hashem that leaves us beaming, to be able to stop trying to figure out why Hashem does what He does and instead see things from a new vantage point, one of giving to others, of serving those around us. And when we're able to change our perspective and emulate Hashem in that way, that's when we're going to start seeing true impact as we continue to become the best versions of ourselves. Good Shabbos.